Hi, my name is Matt. James World Fat is an in-depth podcast exploring the fourth way system. These discourses are sponsored by the students of Solid Rock. We felt that these teachings were so important we want to share them with other people, and that's why we're bringing them to you. In these discourses, James draws from the teachings of G.I. Gurji, P.D. Ospinsky, Maurice Nicole, as well as his own spiritual experience to present this system. My wish for you is that you find these discourses useful in your path towards awakening. Body language. Body language. The moving center has a language. Just what we need, right? We're just getting familiar with English. And now somebody wants to throw another language at us. The interesting thing about centers in the body is that one center has the power to hypnotize other centers. The moving center can hypnotize the intellectual and the emotional centers. So what does this mean? What what does this mean to us? Is it beneficial to us? Is it detrimental to us? Being hypnotized, it's a very popular thing these days. There are people who get hypnotized so that they can give up smoking. There are people who go and they submit themselves to a hypnotist and get hypnotized so that they can break habits that they feel like they don't have the will power to break themselves, like eating habits or other kinds of habits. There are lots of habits that people seem to want to get rid of but they don't seem to be able to get rid of them, so they go to a hypnotist and get help. Hypnotic suggestions to help them to give up the thing that they think they don't want anymore. Being hypnotized may sound like a good idea, but from my perspective, being awake is a much better idea, especially for people who wish to escape this mechanical prison in which we have enslaved ourselves. You see, the problem with habits is that we create them ourselves. And then we come to a point where we say, well, I don't want that anymore. We change our mind about it. Or we find that the habit wasn't quite as cool as it was supposed to be. Or the habit brought with it a lot of side effects that we hadn't anticipated, we hadn't planned. And so then we want to stop it, but we can't. What must be developed to escape the hypnotism of the moving center? If the moving center can hypnotize the intellectual and the emotional centers, and we realize that the intellectual center is pretty much all we've got to do this work with in the beginning until we can try and get some kind of balance and control over the emotional center. If we don't have control over the intellectual center, we don't get some control over the intellectual center, there's no way we can do this work. So a center that can hypnotize those two centers has a lot of power. And it's not necessarily good for us to have those two centers hypnotized because when you're hypnotized, you're really more asleep. You're not more conscious. So when you're more asleep, you can't make more conscious effort. And conscious effort is the only thing, this work says, that can lead us out of this mechanical prison that we've gotten ourselves into habitually. What has to be developed to escape the hypnotism of the moving center? There's only one thing that can really help us here, and that's internal attention. There are two kinds of attention that we'll be talking about this morning. We'll be talking about internal attention and external attention. We won't be spending much time on external attention The reason we won't is because you have spent your whole life there. So I'll just give it a nod and then we'll move on to something that we don't know about. External attention is the attention that is drawn from us through the five senses. When I say drawn from us, I mean it's not something that we consciously give. It's something that is drawn from us. It's taken from us. It's something that we're more or less dragged around by. A good example of this is on 
Thursday, Matt comes after work for a visit, comes to my house. Well, often I'll be sitting in the living room by the time he gets there. I'm cooking my dinner, and so I'm sitting in the living room, and I'm watching something on television. And I'll turn down the sound of the television and give my attention to Matt or Matt and Jess or whoever's there. They will try to pay attention to me, but the television on the wall keeps drawing their eyes away, even though there's no sound, and they can't keep looking at me for long periods of time. They keep going back to the television. It, it, it draws their attention, it attracts their attention, and it's a hypnotism. Now, we all know about external hypnotism, or at least we're, we're familiar with the idea, that we can be hypnotized by external, looking into the burning coals of a fire, watching clouds, watching television, something a bit more pernicious than looking into the coals of a fire. Our attention, our energy is drawn by something else and we're hypnotized by it. We no longer have control of ourselves. We no longer have control of those faculties because the control has been shifted to something outer, outside of ourselves, external to us. So that's external attention. Consciousness may be placed through internal attention in different parts of the body. Now, we don't talk about this a lot because you're all meditators. You've all been to the 10-day course at least twice. So this isn't something that we talk about a lot because you're trained. That's internal attention. And it's something that is very weak in us. It's not something we have developed because all of our attention, all of our energy has been sucked out of us through the five senses, through the external senses, our eyes, our ears. If I have the television on and the sound on, it's almost impossible for people to sit and talk to me because they have two senses, very strong for them, where their energy is being drawn, where they feel compelled, hypnotized. Of course, the purpose of television is to hypnotize. That's what it's there for. It's to hypnotize you and suggest to you what you should do, where you should spend your money, where you should spend your time, what kind of a person you should be. Are you with me so far? Do you understand what I'm saying? Consciousness may be placed through internal attention in different parts of the body. For example, you can place your consciousness right now in your left hand. What does it mean to place your consciousness in your left hand? It means become aware of your left hand. Go there internally. Feel with your consciousness. Go around it with your internal attention. Now, give your attention internally to your right hand. It's different from your left hand. Still has a thumb, still a palm, still has a, the back of the hand. Still has the four fingers and the thumb, but it's different. In Vipassana meditation, you scan your body in a very systematic way, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet to your toes and then back again, often a number of times. Relaxation is a good exercise for developing internal attention. Scanning's fine, but relaxation is an active thing that you can do. And what we do now to relax is we go and we drain off tension through the five senses by allowing something else outside of us to hypnotize us. In other words, we'll go to a movie, we'll go to a concert, we'll go watch television, we'll go entertain ourselves in some way. Well, what that means is entertain ourselves means, it doesn't mean we entertain ourselves. We're not getting out a musical instrument and playing it. We're not making some effort to entertain ourselves. We're simply going and submitting ourselves to some external circumstance that hypnotizes us, draws off the energy until we feel pretty much exhausted, or it induces in us 
some I gets involved that induces in us another state that is better than the state that we had. At any rate, the way we do it is to have something else outside of us, external to us, take over and hypnotize us. Life is always producing tensions, anxious expressions. I think the best example of anxious expressions, the one I enjoy the most, is Jess. We all know what Jess does. He furrows his brow. And you've heard me talking to Jess. You'll say, I'll, I'll say, Jess, your brow's furrowed. Well, I'm thinking, or I'm, I'm thinking about this, or I'm worried about that. And so you can read the body language. You can read a person's face. You can read a person's posture. So life produces these tensions, these anxious expressions, these hurried movements. And it all wastes energy, energy that could be going into being awake. Now, energy is a big problem these days. Have you noticed that? Oh, back to television. What are all the commercials about? What are a lot of the commercials about these days? What's going on? Red Bull, this energy drink, that energy drink, all these energy drinks. There'll be a commercial with everybody's yawning. And the next thing you know, you're yawning. Oh, I'm hypnotized by the yawning people. Oh, oh, okay, well, you guys are not, you're resisting, eh? I'm not going to yawn, I'm not going to yawn. <laughs> and look at all the energy you're wasting while you resist. All you have to do is just yawn, look, it's fun. Yawn, it's good. Yawning is good. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Doesn't that feel great? Just yawn. She's so like, oh, but you're, now you're being controlled by me. Oh, it's mind control. It's, I'm being brainwashed. It's a cult. We're insane. Yawning is okay. Why is yawning okay? You know what the work says about yawning? The work says that what you're doing is you're pumping energy. It's an energy pump. You're taking energy and you're moving it from one place to another place inside of you. Is that so horrible? It's like you've got energy here in this reserve fuel tank and you need it over here because you've used all your energy up. So you yawn. People get upset. Oh, they're all bored. People are yawning when I talk. Oh, they're bored. That's why they're yawning. No, they need energy. They're using a lot of energy paying attention because you're paying attention. Although I try to be fascinating and wonderful, you have to admit you have to pay attention sometimes. So the things I talk about are not easily understood. You have to pay attention. Well, what does that mean? Well, you pay. That means it costs. Well, what does it cost? It costs you energy. Well, where does that energy come from? What happens when you run out of energy? Your, your eyes fly half mast. You just fall over. Well, you take an energy drink, right? Or you yawn and you pump energy from some other place where you're not using it, and you put it in a place where you are using it. You bring it to a center where you are using it. And right now, what you've got to be using is you've got to be using your intellectual center because I'm throwing all this stuff at you, and I won't leave you alone. I keep walking right up to you, get in your face, and look at you while I'm talking to you, and it's like, well, now I've got to pay attention. He's right there in front of me. It's not like there are hundreds of people here and you can hide. Lindsay Wagner, I said to Connie, what's with Lindsay Wagner? What's her history? She said, I don't know. I said, sure you do. You read Cosmopolitan, you listen to Oprah, you listen to Dr. Phil, and you watch those things. You know everything. So what is with Lindsay Wagner? Well, she did have a depression problem and I think maybe a drinking problem. I said, okay. So that explains the body language. Her body language, now, for the poor podcast people, you can't see this, but for the body language, I'm sitting down, I'm crossing my legs, and now I'm crossing my arms, and I'm leaning forward. And this is how she does her commercial. And she doesn't smile. She doesn't show her teeth. I've watched the commercial for a while, and they've updated it from time to time. So they've changed a couple of things. And one of the things they've changed is now she forces a smile. And I know, and I'm getting a more restful night's sleep, and, <laughs> and I know that it's because I'm using the sleep number bed. So call us today, and we'll send you a free 
dvd or video and you can try the sleep number bed yourself and i think ow man this lady is hurting she's shut down she's crossed off she's closed out she's closed the world out because it hurt her she doesn't really look that happy she looks subdued at any rate my point is not to hold lindsay wagner up as but there is a way to get out of that and i want people on this planet to find that way that's why we do this. That's why we're not charging anybody anything. That's why nobody has to pay for this. It takes a lot of energy to be awake. It takes a tremendous amount of attention because the hypnotism of life is trying to pull us back. It's like Jess and Matt coming over and trying to talk to me when the hypnotism of the television is trying to pull them away. And so it takes energy for them to resist. Oh, I could turn the TV off, but what fun is that? <laughs> I mean, do you understand? Yes. It's like one of the things about the fourth way is this is the way in life, people. It's not about getting everything all lined up so that we don't have any problems and life is a smooth sheet of glass and we just sail across it. It's a matter of dealing with what we've actually got so that no matter where you are, you can do this. No matter what the circumstances are, you can apply these principles. If they're beneficial circumstances, if they're helpful circumstances, or if they're contradicting circumstances or difficult circumstances. Gurdjieff used to go and meet people in bars, cafes, they call them in Europe. Outdoor cafes, indoor cafes, wouldn't matter. People would be dancing, singing, making music, making noise, drinking, being rowdy, playing cards, whatever they were doing. And he'd, try, and he'd have a conversation with somebody. Why? Well, they had to pay attention. The hypnotism of life was constantly pulling them away. And in a situation like that, you can see, you can tell a lot about people. I can tell a lot about Jess and, and Matt when they come over and watch television while they're trying to talk to me. I can tell a lot about people who come by and they have to have my undivided attention. And so sometimes I will just ignore them, just long enough to get them to the point where their chief feature starts to rear its head. And then I'll turn and say, okay, you now have my undivided attention. Does this sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Yes, I did this just to you the other day, didn't I? And it's like, okay, now you have my undivided attention. And they never know what to do with it. <laughs> they just go, oh, okay, well, would you like to go back to the computer or something? Because I've had enough undivided attention, thank you very much. Because it's difficult for us to be with another human being. It's difficult for us to be with another human being, and it's even more difficult if they're awake. If they wake up like, oh my God, they're going to see me. They're going to see everything that's wrong with me. They're going to know. Then, of course, we all know that means they won't love us. But if a person is awake, it doesn't matter what they see. They don't love you because of who you are. They love you because you're there, because of who they are. It has nothing to do with who you are. A person who is awake loves you because of who they are. I don't love you because of who you are. You're not lovable. You know that. You don't, you don't, you don't need to be convinced of that, right? Everybody here knows they're not lovable. We all know that. Good. So when I say I love you, it's not you. It's not like, oh, well, I really like the way you pick your nose, or I really like the way you yell at your kids, or I really like the way you um, do this or do that, or whatever it is that you do that's, that you're not pleased with, that you want change. It's not, I, I really, I like you because of that, that's why I love you. It's because of who I am. It's because I have found the capacity to love other beings. And I have found that in the process of expressing that, I get more. I get better connected with the source of all life, and the manifestation of all life. I get to experience our connectivity. 
That's why I love people, not because they're lovable. They're not. Let's face it, we're not lovable. We're an awful race. We all know what we are, or at least we're beginning to find out. What we do is we start with the face, if we're going to relax. Once we get that done, it's easier to relax larger muscles of the body. So let's just have a little tiny itty-bitty exercise. This fourth way is meaningless unless we do it. If you don't do it, if you just listen to it and you don't do it, you just give mental assent to it. Oh, yes, that's right. Oh, I agree with that. I've thought that for years. Really? Well, then why aren't you different? Well, that's why, because I've thought that for years and I haven't done anything about it. Well, this is about doing something about it. It's not just about thinking about it for years. It's not about reading about it. It's not about writing books about it. It's not about classes. It's not about podcasts. It's not about seminars. It's not about what the whole world is doing because that doesn't work. If it did work, don't you think it would have worked by now? Have you read enough books yet? Well, then you're different, right? You're what you want to be now. You, you're in touch with who you really are, right? No, because it doesn't do it. But that doesn't stop people from writing books. It has stopped me, but I'm only one person. If you can interrupt the mechanical stream that governs you, for even a moment, you begin to get force. As you know, most people don't have the time to do anything like this, like what we're doing right now, because they're carried on in the life stream of useless thoughts, anxieties, and worries. Put your internal attention into the muscles of your face. Notice just in general how much is there. Just notice as you put your internal attention, attention into the muscles of your face, just notice what's there. Notice the small muscles around your eyes. Now move down a little bit and notice the small muscles around your nose. The muscles that help you to so easily sneer. The little sneering muscles. Move down a little bit more and notice the muscles, tiny muscles around your mouth, your chin, and then down below the chin, the neck, the throat. Good. Making right effort at the wrong time or wrong effort at the right time leads to problems. There's a right time at which to do things. I remember when we were doing it, when I did the light podcasts on meditation. And people would write and say, oh, I really enjoy your meditation. The, your voice is so calming and soothing and I, I can really meditate. And, and one lady told me, she wrote and told me that she likes to meditate while she's driving her car. And let me just say that this is not the right time. While you're driving your car is not the right time to be practicing a relaxation exercise. Okay, it's not the right time to be practicing meditation. Now, I don't know what kind of meditation she thought she was practicing, but no kind of meditation that I do or that I've ever taught is something that could be or should be practiced while you're driving your car. Now, it explained a lot to me. It explained why I don't like to go out there when people are driving their cars because they're out there meditating instead of driving. I don't know what they're meditating on, but whatever it is, it's not driving. Their attention is drawn, they're hypnotized by something else. I don't know whether it's the CD player or the radio or the kids or other drivers. I don't know what it is that hypnotizes people when they're supposed to be driving their cars. But I do know that the insurance companies will come up with the statistics to prove that people are not conscious when they're driving their cars. <laughs> I see them do all kinds of things while they're supposed to be driving their cars. 
And I don't get out there that much. I'll bet you've got even better stories of what people do when they drive their cars. We all know about shaving, putting on makeup, cell phones. We all know there's some people actually, you, they read the paper, they read a book. They're, they read while they drive. Some people, yeah, some people are, are dialing their phones or playing computer games while they're driving. Some people are, um, I saw a guy using a laptop computer while he was driving. I saw a police officer using his computer. They have a computer in the center console. He was using his computer while he was driving. That scared me. I thought, well, hey, come on, guys. Being still and trying to relax the small muscles of the face while driving is foolishness. It's not intelligent effort, and this work is all about intelligent effort. Intelligent effort is the kind of effort that can produce results. Unintelligent effort is thrashing. You might get a result, but intelligent effort, your chances of getting a result are a lot better. Thrashing unintelligently. It could happen. You could get a result. Like a fish that's gotten out of water somehow. It flips and flops and throws its body around, hoping to get back into the water. And it happens sometimes, but sometimes it doesn't. Intelligent effort is different than flipping and flopping and thrashing. And that's what this work is about, intelligent effort. You have to employ the intellectual center in order to exercise intelligent effort. If man in the moving center adopts a depressed muscular posture and the small facial muscles express gloom, do you suppose that man will be able to have pleasant emotions and interesting thoughts? Let's go back to Lindsay Wagner. Do you think Lindsay is having pleasant emotions and interesting thoughts all crossed up and hunched over like that? Do you think it would be easy for her to have pleasant emotions and interesting thoughts? Do you think it's easy when you're like that? No. And that's why you think it wouldn't be easy for her, because you have some experience about that. You know what it's like. In fact, I'd like you to do that right now. Assume the position. Yeah. Just, could you frown for me, please? Yeah. Just think of when you hated me. Think of all the bad things I said to you, embarrassed you. You're laughing. That can't help. Think about the things I've said that have embarrassed you. So how's it working, Diana? Are you, are you feeling... You feeling pleasant emotions and interesting no. thoughts? No. no. How about you, Laurie? No, I'm not feeling open at all. Okay. Okay, now uh, get out of that position and relax. Just relax and smile. Mm. Smile. It's somebody's birthday. I don't know who, but it's somebody's birthday. No, don't you smile. Please, don't smile. That's <laughs> not what I had in mind. Now, is it easier to have more pleasant emotions and interesting thoughts now? And this is my whole point about body language. Depressed states make us look depressed in posture. You can tell when somebody's depressed yes. by their posture. What is a mime? I can stand up here and I can put my body into postures. And you can tell me what the posture is saying, can't you? Mm -hmm. What is this one saying? Well, what's it saying? Hi, I find you interesting and I have something interesting to tell you. <laughs> okay. What about this one? Gone wrong. Whoa. Life is Eeyore. Crappy. Eeyore. <laughs> it's my birthday and nobody came. <sighs> yeah. All right. So you get the point. What I'm saying is if you're intelligent enough in the work, you can alter your posture when you're trying to separate from a negative emotion that has hold of you. What I'm saying is this is another tool that you can use when you are being used by your negative emotions, the ones that you love so much, but you're still trying to separate from. This is a tool that you can use to separate from negative emotions. If you find yourself sick, 
We have two sickos today. Only two? Only two people sick? You're sick, and you're sick from overeating, right? Mm -hmm. Good, good. If you don't get sick from overeating, you're in trouble. You should get sick from overeating. It's a good thing to get sick from overeating. Your body is saying, get this junk out of here. Mm -hmm. You're killing me. It's your body doing exactly what it's supposed to do. It's telling you that your mind, that, you're, that you have been hypnotized somehow, and you're going insane. It's the instinctive center saying, if you don't stop it, I will. That's what it is. And the instinctive center rules all the other centers. Did you know that? Yeah. The instinctive center, you press it too far, it'll shut you down. It'll shut down your thoughts. It'll shut down your feelings. It'll shut down your movements. It will put you out of the picture in order to save itself. Mm -hmm. And thank God, because we're too stupid to take care of ourselves. Witness people doing drugs. You see a person with a drooped mouth, weary, troubled, or anxious look, you know he's in a bad state. And he's going to stay there unless you can make him smile or stand upright to break the hypnotism. Have you ever done that? Have you ever seen somebody in a, one of those states and you tell them a joke or you, you get them to smile or laugh or something and then they come out of it? Now, they won't stay out of it as a rule. They'll go back to it because it's habitual. But they can be drawn out of it, and it's a simple act. Well, it's a simple act for you to draw yourself out as well, and that is what we're talking about. We study through internal attention how to alter our postures. How do you do that? Well, I have noticed, since I've been doing this, that I have this habit of pursing my lips. It takes a lot of energy to do this. <laughs> it takes a lot of energy to purse my lips. I've noticed that it takes a lot of energy. It takes, you know, there are 101 muscles in the face. And these little muscles are so directly com connected to the emotional center, it's amazing. We get looks on our faces, we don't even know that the look is on our face. Mm -hmm. We are totally unaware of it. I'm talking about directing your consciousness to the small muscles of your face so that you can track back to what's going on in your emotional center. We don't know what's going on in our emotional centers unless it's some big negative emotion. And then we don't always know. I say to somebody, what are you mad at? I'm not mad. Oh, okay, well, sorry, I guess I was wrong. Yeah, and if you say that again, I'll crack your skull. You know, it's like, I'm glad you're not angry because I don't want to be around you when you are angry, if this is your happiest moment. We don't know what we feel. We don't know what's going on inside of us emotionally. So if you relax the small muscles, you get into a different state of emotion and thought. Connie and I used to do this laughing exercise. <laughs> you remember that, Connie? I'd just walk into her office and go, <laughs> Try that. I mean, look, you're already starting. It's like... This loon is standing up there laughing for no reason. No, I'm laughing for a reason. I'm altering my state of consciousness. That's what I'm doing. I am deliberately standing in, consciously altering my state of consciousness. Now, the problem is we can't remember to do it because we can't remember ourselves because we're hypnotized by life. So that's the laughing exercise. I highly recommend it. You notice we never really work on ourselves at the moment that we should. The unfortunate reason is because we prefer mechanical reactions to ordinary life events over working on ourselves. We prefer to just be swept along, reacting to mechanically reacting to the events that are passing by in life. We call those events time. And all they are is a series of events. 
but we call that time passing. But what we call time passing is no more than the events of life in succession. Taking these events more consciously with a degree of self-remembering is difficult. But don't take my word for it. Try it. You won't like it. People don't like to remember themselves. It's hard work. It takes energy and they find themselves oh, yawning. Tammy just has to turn away. She can't even look at a yawner. I want to yawn, but I'm so resistant. I am not going to yawn just because he's yawning. People, you are so funny. You're controlled by everything I do. You're puppets. This is a cult. You're puppets. <laughs> it's whatever I, whatever I do, you're reacting to. And now, oh no, I'm going to be conscious. I'm not going to react to what he... <laughs> That's a reaction. Why not just enjoy your life? Have you thought of that? Just enjoy your life. Look, be happy. Smile. It's somebody's birthday. Well, there may not be any reason to be happy. Think about the state of the planet. I'm happy anyway. Why? Because I know how to be. It's a great joy to know how to be happy. Make yourself happy whenever you want. Think about it. Think about the power of that. Think about, think about that. You can make yourself happy anytime you want. You can change your body language. You have the power to alter it. If you can remember yourself, you can step right in and alter something. You can change the course of your emotions. You can change the course of your thoughts. You can direct them. You can have some say in it. You can determine what you will be. You can determine who you will be. You can have some self-determination. Not a lot, but some. And the more you do it, the more you exercise it, the more power you develop to have more self-determination. That'd be okay if you had a self that could determine something. But as we are, we've got all these different selves. So we have the work that acts as a standard until we can develop some kind of a self that is worthy of making a determination. A real self, real I. If you could observe yourself when you're flying into a rage, observe the muscle tension at the critical moment, you could alter your behavior. Have you ever caught yourself? Sometimes I'll catch myself frowning. And I just stop it. I go, okay. Now, I give internal attention to my face, to the muscles in my face, and I consciously relax them. And it's amazing how that just, everything just, all the thoughts that were bothering me just kind of fall away. The feelings just kind of, it's like I'm Teflon coated. It's like somebody sprayed me with the Teflon coating. These things just start to fall away. I don't really have to do anything other than just pay attention to the muscles in my face. And then it's a whole lot easier to, you know, so many people hold their arms up. Have you ever noticed this? They walk around holding their arms up. Have you ever caught yourself holding your arms up? Yes. Yeah. And then you, you, know, you consciously, okay. Uh. In fact, one of the Tai Chi exercises that I do is this. Inhale, and as you inhale, inhale into your left shoulder. Exhale, drop your left shoulder. Then do the same thing with the right shoulder. And my shoulders actually clunk when I do that. They, I relax them and they just go clunk. Anyway, I throw that out there because body language is so important. So much of what I'm saying is what I'm doing. So, so the people who listen, they don't have the benefit of the body language, they don't have the benefit of the show, the mime. Because let's face it, I'm very expressive. I don't just stand there like somebody screwed me into the floor, you know, and, and like I have weights on my arms. I, I move around, I have a lot of facial expressions. What's coming out through the voice is about a tenth of what's going on physically, isn't it, would you say? So the real show is the video. Not the audio. The video is the real show.
Notice the contracted muscles in the face. Try putting your internal attention into them to relax them. This is all that I'm asking you to do this week. Just, I want you this week to just work on this. I mean, you know, I know you have your other stuff too. You're going to meditate two hours a day. You're going to not express negative emotions. You're going to be happy. You're going to try the laughing exercise. <laughs> you're going to do all this. You're going to do all this stuff. And you're going to add to this, you know, the fun of just every once in a while, whenever you think about it, whenever you remember, then you hear the podcast or whatever, to just pay attention to the little muscles in your face, around your eyes, around your nose, around your mouth. And you're going to put some attention into, some eternal attention into relaxing them. You're going to start around the eyes, the nose, small muscles around the mouth and the cheeks. Then you're going to move under the chin and the front of the neck, then round back of the head, relaxing the muscles that make you stiff-necked. Not that any of you are stiff-necked. Well, it's a good time for the laughing exercise. <laughs> Start with the small and work into the larger muscle groups. You can't relax by saying to yourself, relax. But you can relax. You remember the workshop I did that time? And I did that. Relax. And I trained you to relax to that. And all I'd have to do is say relax. And you'd be like, yeah, I'm relaxing now. <laughs> this is good. It's like a learned high. You train yourself how to do it. And it works. It's an actual exercise of internal attention. And we've got to learn to relax the moving center. It's going to be harder for some than others. People like Jess and Connie, it's going to be more difficult. For people like me, we all know that the only way to get me to move is an electric shock or a talk. When I get a talk going, I burn all kinds of calories. You know, I'm very animated then. But the rest of the time, has he moved today? Certain typical postures and expressions induce typical emotions and thoughts. Which makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Hurried people who rush about are driven by the moving center's mechanical positions and postures. They're hypnotized. By the moving center. Do you know any people, hurried people, who rush around? Yeah, that's right. And the, you know you're hypnotized by the moving center. You're being run around by it. There's no need for it. There's no need for all of it that you're doing. So just find what you don't need and eliminate that. Illness can be good. Now, I've shared with you my feelings about illness in the past. I love being sick. I get into being sick. I embrace pain. I embrace sickness. I embrace that achy, tired, um, run-down feeling. I embrace it. I love it. Because it has a certain effect. It has a certain power. It can help to center us. It can help to quiet the moving center. It can help relax the moving center. When you're sick, of course, what I say is get into it. Get into it. Now, that doesn't mean in a hypochondriac way. Mm -hmm. I mean get into the sensations. Accept them. This is what, these are the sensations that I'm having right now and accept them. This is the way it is right now. Everything is constantly changing. So this too will change. But right now, I'm going to embrace it as part of the experience of living. What it means to be awake is not that you never have problems. It means that you're awake for them, that you're not running from them, that you're not clinging to something you had before, that you're not hating something that you have now. To be awake means everything is more real, because you are. To be awake means everything tastes more the way it tastes, smells more the way it smells, sparkles more the way it sparkles. Everything is more vibrant, more alive, because you are more present.
Being awake is not some magical mystery tour. It's the state that you were created to live in, but through some series of horrible mishaps, you have lost and forgotten. If you're not emotionally anxious without reason, yet accustomed to hurried movements without time for anything else, the moving center will hypnotize the emotional center into feeling anxiety. Have you ever noticed you can make people feel anxious just by the way you behave around them? Because your moving center, your postures, your actions hypnotize them, especially if they're weak-minded. And let's face it, most everybody we know is weak-minded. Imagine what it's like out there in the real world where people have no concept whatsoever about this. If you'll start with the small facial muscles and do the exercise, you'll find often difficult worrying thoughts simply cease. People who have trouble falling asleep at night, relax the small muscles of the face. Next thing you know, you'll be visiting Betty White's party. Use internal attention to go into frowning muscles and frowning thoughts will disappear. They're kept going by the posture of your face. Finally, because hands easily express violence, relax your wrist muscles. Let your hands drop. Watch the violent thoughts and feelings drop away. I like to relax my wrists. Kind of limp-wristed. Of course, I realize that in our society that means something that's probably not so good, but I'm too old to care. It's great. That's body language. That's what I wanted to talk to you about this morning. I feel like I have done my job. I feel like I have expressed what I wanted to express, and I am so happy that I think I'm going to laugh. Thank you for listening. James World is sponsored by Solid Rock Vista. For more information, visit SolidRockVista.com.